everyone and welcome to Pure Dead PlayStation, a fortnightly PlayStation supplement from Pure Dead Gaming. I'm your host Donnie and today we'll be, dis- we'll be discussing of course Jim Ryan's retirement, PlayStation 5's get a new game rating system, how Smart gets a new house, more job losses in the industry and we will have a spoiler free first impressions of Assassin's Creed Mirage. As usual though, I need some guests to do all this, and I couldn't discuss the man, Jim Ryan, without the person who loves Jim Ryan more than Mrs. Ryan. Returning again this week, it's Bald Man Gamer, Mr. BMG, and never far away from Pure Dead PlayStation, gaming FOMO meets podcast FOMO in one, Mr. Grumpy Gamer Ben. Gentlemen, welcome. BMG, how are you doing though? Sorry Ben, but BMG, are you okay? Uh, well, I've, I've been... Counselling pl- this week? I've been playing, there's a... Uh a song that um, Elton John did for Princess Diana when she passed and I've been listening to that on repeat a few times Seems to me you lose your life like a candle in the wind <laughs> He is a candle in the wind <laughs> It's tough um, You know, people have been horrible to me and laughing at me and I'm just I've ordered my Please. candle with the picture of him on, I'm just waiting for that to arrive in the next like month. But mm-hmm. I will show show pictures of that when that arrives. Good. Looking forward to it. <sighs> and Ben, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I haven't had quite that reaction to the news, but yeah, <laughs> no no mugs ordered on my my behalf. But yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good, mate. Good, good. And busy weeks. It's obviously uh, people may not know this, but we record this on a Thursday, so we're almost at the weekend. So it's always a oh, always yeah. a nice end to the week when I record this, edit on the Friday, and then it goes on the Saturday. It's like weekend is here. It's yeah. Great. Well, I was just saying to you uh, that yeah, I've had a stressful last couple of days, so this is nice to talk about some video games. Actually, just uh, chill out, talk about some video games. Great, isn't it? That's what, that's what life should be about. I don't know. <laughs> it's what it's that, all that, about, that seems mate. extreme, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. First world problems, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've got a confession, and I'm actually a little bit ashamed of this, but my confession is is that at the weekend I played Fortnite. Tony, <gasps> <gasps> shock. Yeah. So hear me out. Hear me out. I mean, listen. We might as well. We might as well just do what we've been playing. Since I'm going to talk about this, so that's mm. fine. We'll, we'll, we'll mix it up because we're we're madhouses here. You know, we're we're crazy <laughs> over here. But uh, I had my kids at the weekend, and my my, my boy, he's seven, and, and he loves the Switch, and he's been playing my PlayStation a lot, and and he was, you know, they know that way when kids hint, but they're they're, they're as subtle as an elephant when you know they're hinting because they want something, but they think they're being sly. He's like, Dad, you know, you you know Fortnite. I was like, Yeah, I know Fortnite. He goes, Oh yeah, I, I played Fortnite recently. I was like, Oh, did you? No one full well what he's asking for I'm like do you want dad to download it oh yeah well yeah yeah so I mean I'll be honest with you he actually did alright um, to start with though I must admit see I just wanted to grab the controller off him I'm like oh my fucking god I can't take this but he actually did alright you know and uh, and I had a few goes I thought this is do you know I've only played about two hours of Fortnite in my life and I was playing it with him and then when my kids left the weekend I messaged Couchy I'm like Couchy yeah, you fancy playing a little bit of Fortnite? So like, you see this goes, aye. And we played it for a few hours. And do you know what? As much as we rag on it and as much as it's this and it's that, Ben, me and you speak about this this phrase a lot, the dopamine. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of get it. I get why people love this game. 
because you know it, it does look great if you like that sort of aesthetic you know 120 frames per second mode it's a brilliant shooter and it's just it's fun it is and i'm mm. like i actually can't believe i'm saying those words it is fun as stupid as it is and all the little dancing and nonsense and all that crap it's a competent game. I'm like, I actually quite like it. I don't know when the next time I'll play it. Probably when I've got my kids next year, but like, oh, can we play Fortnite? But I can accept that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think um, like there's something about Battle Royales and I know it was kind of a phase where so many were coming out and only a few have really survived the, the cull and like Fortnite, Warzone, Apex, whatever. But I find there are very few games that are quite like playing a Battle Royale with your mates. Like, mm-hmm. it is so much fun. And Fortnite, like, you know, they're masters of their craft. You know, as you said, the aesthetic, if you're all in, um, yep. it's going to be a competent game. I am shocked when I see the number of kids. Like, I watched my nephew play and I had the same kind of thoughts on him as well. It's like, eh, okay, I don't understand when I play Battle Royales that I get killed all the time. <laughs> yeah considering the people that i'm seeing play yes. it but you know yes. so so be it but i i love a battle royale good bmg have you ever partaken in fortnite fortnite the game is just a dirty word isn't it <laughs> it's a dirty dirty word <clears throat> um, but yeah i was we it was back when we were doing um xbl party podcast mm-hmm. um before we had all the changes and we still had the Jenna rest you know God rest his soul, he's uh, passed on to the other side, so we call him the ghost of Jinnah now. Um, and he, we were made to nice. maybe play, We, I, I was making him play Destiny, so he made me play a couple of games of Fortnite, and I won actually. I did, I did, we did, is it duos you call it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and did, we actually won, but I, di- I didn't enjoy the game, even in the slightest. It was just like, really, you know, these people flying around, building all these stuff. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? You know, wait a minute, I'm shooting to the next minute at the top of a fucking tower. I was like, what, what the fuck? And I'm like looking through the menu, you know, getting the little things, placing them. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. The game yeah, stressed me out. Fuck the yeah. yeah, I put on the no build mode. Yeah, that's, which I think that's, that's the most yeah. popular mode now. Absolutely. Fuck that build. That's so stupid. Yeah. No build mode. And it's just, yeah, go for it. Yeah. It was off-putting, wasn't it? It was off-putting to Very other people much. who played other games. You're just like, oh, I'm not fucking, that's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's not, Battle Royales, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting old. If I was like in my 20s, you know, alcohol, cocaine, and everything else. I'd be a wizard, I think. But now, <laughs> not not a chance in hell. I have to look at the controller yeah. half the time now when I'm playing a game. <laughs> and if I'm anything competitive, I'm screwed. Yeah, but you're big destiny, aren't you? Big destiny player, like yeah. you've got it. But you've I don't got it all about that, you. I don't touch that PvP stuff. It's I only do PvP. Um, well, it's, I do the PvPVE. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. the, the gambit side of it, because you don't really, really bother with the other team. It's, it's only to like get like my weeklies and stuff in. But sure. it's other than that, I don't touch it because I'm, I'm just not quick enough. I just, I tried that, um, Call of Duty Warzone. Fuck, I couldn't even do that. Couldn't even do that. It literally, I think within the first, Three and a half minutes, I was dead, and then I had to go to something called the Gulag, <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell do I do here?" And before I even figured that out, I was dead from that. And I went, "You know what? Turn that off and uninstall it." <laughs> uh, I, Warzone Three is out soon, um, and I was just saying to, to a mate this morning because 
I've got a group of friends that we play Warzone. Well, we play fairly regularly. We haven't played recently. Like it, we've kind of fallen off it. Um, and we go through phases. But when Warzone 3 comes out, I'm sure we're all going to be on it. And we're saying today, like, it's just nice to have a game that, you know, all of your mates are playing every night. Yeah. Like, they will be on. You will be playing. There's a team that you'll be playing with. I fucking love that. But yeah, Warzone's that one for me. Good. I see on the dock as well, Ben, you've been playing FIFA. No, sorry, wait. EAFC 24. Now, there was a news story I was going to read out, but I think, you know, we'll just just segue in here. And obviously, it was reported that um, EA Sports FC's 24 sales were down 30% from Mm. that, obviously, last week. It was number one in the UK box sales, fine, but it's down 30% on the previous title. Um, You've picked up, you're enjoying it. Ironically, the one version that is up is the Switch version, which is what you're playing. Um, yeah. Surprisingly. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Yeah. But how are you getting on with it? And also, I mean, the 30% seems a lot. Like, for me, mm-hmm. if that game was still called FIFA 24, I don't imagine it would be... I'm not saying it wouldn't be down at all, but it seems a lot, right? Yeah. I think there's a combination of factors. I think I think you're exactly right. I think it's a branding thing, uh, and that may, will catch up. I think... I think their hope is lower week one, but week two will be higher than the previous week two. Is that like it, it will be more of a leveled exercise over over the first month as people go, oh, the new FIFA's out. Oh, is it? I can't find it. Oh, it's called EA FC twenty four. Like, yeah, it's it's getting that branding out there. I think, um, and I think that was always going to be a bit of a struggle. I, you know, year on year we're going to get more digital sales, so that's going to play a part when sure. people. I th- Obviously, when people are getting the early access copies of FIFA on PlayStation or on Xbox, then they're probably going to get the digital versions, I imagine. Um, yes. So, or maybe that was the only version you could get if you're getting early access, maybe digital. So, a combination of factors, but people might be... Yeah, I, I think it's a branding thing, but I think I think it will level out. You know, FIFA will always be, well, for, for the next few years, will be the premier kind of football game on console. And so there's no reason why it will not sell well. Um, but I've bought it on Switch because mm. the previous, I don't know, four or five entries or whatever on Switch have been an absolute embarrassment because they've just been the legacy editions. And what I mean by Which legacy was- edition... So yeah, I was gonna say is that just where they just update the kits and maybe yeah. some faces and that's it. Yeah, right. they update the kits and they move the players around. I'm not even sure they update any player stats. I think that it's just and it's the exact same game, it's the exact same engine and, and nothing literally nothing has changed and all the modes okay. are exactly the same. So I think the last good FIFA, and I say good, it wasn't the same engine as the other um consoles was FIFA 18 I think that was the last good one on the Switch um, so it was exciting for me to finally have a EA FC 24 FIFA game on Switch which was the same version as the other games there are concessions around frame rate and resolution etc but that's to be expected it's a Switch yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a Switch you're playing in handheld yeah. but I absolutely Love it. Now, if you're thinking about a competitive version of this game, and if you're uber competitive, yeah, you're not going to get it on Switch. Like, you're just not. Um, it, it, because of the frame rate and things like that, I just don't think it's it's not the ideal way to play it. However, for me, being able to play that on handheld, on the sofa, watching other things, watching sport, well, I was playing it, watching the football last night, 
playing it, watching the Ryder Cup at the weekend. Like that's what I want to be doing. Like it's yeah, a no- I heard you. I heard you say that, which I think is is like. It's the same way, like when you think about like the PlayStation Portal and stuff like that. It's like just having that, you know, being able to watch football in the background or whatever. It's yeah, I, I could, I, I've totally pictured you on your couch watching you yep. destroy the Yanks playing. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that you know, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It is, is yeah. wide fronts. Yeah, in, in, in the wide fronts. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what. It, but that's what it's about. That's that's the <laughs> reason. Like for me, uh, I'm not um, anyone who rages at computer games like ever really oh, um so opposite of me then so i i i can get beaten and i can win and it doesn't really bother me too much so i'm quite happy in playing something in handheld and you know play and just earning my coins for my ultimate team and stuff but there's something so satisfying about it like that is as you said the dopamine hit they they've they've absolutely fucking nailed that stuff and that hasn't changed in years and it's the same old fifa but I'm sure the people who played the previous versions would be able to tell all the differences in FIFA. But for me, it seems like I'm just picking up the last time I played FIFA. Um, and uh, it's a really good, competent port. Really pleased with it. Oh, there, there is one, there is one port. There is one thing though that isn't so good. Um, and that is in Ultimate Team because of the number of players on the Switch and you are constrained to switch players play against um there aren't as many players etc on the transfer market so the prices are skewed higher that that is the one the one thing that i wish they merged the transfer markets with the playstation and the xbox version but that's it ah okay so it's not like a server wide transfer market yeah it's it's a console specific or at least for the switch anyway and i can say what i what if you're on playstation I, I'm not sure whether PlayStation sure. Xbox share. I think they probably do because I think they probably have cross play. But all I know is, and it, I actually prefer the Switch not having that. I don't want to play PlayStation people. I don't want to play Xbox people. I want to play course, Switch. You get people. hammered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because hammered, because yeah. the Switch people are probably in handheld. So we're all yeah. playing in handheld. And, and they're probably friends. about eight years old as well. So yes, that exactly. And, and Donnie, yeah. and believe you me. I have thought about that, and that is another contributing factor to why yeah. yeah. on Switch. <laughs> I'll take the win. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, Settle, Jamie. Yep, that is the, the only issue. That's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, BMG, we, we said we, we weren't going to talk about it, but you know what? Fuck it. You're playing it. We're grown, we're grown ass men here. You're still playing Starfield. How have you, how have you kind of been getting on the last week? Uh, well, I, I, wanted to get, I wanted to get Starfield finished before Assassin's Creed dropped, which had been playing, and I know we're going to be talking about that uh, yeah. in, in a bit. Uh, but yeah, I've literally just now, I, I started mainlining the story, got so far, a certain character died, which I'm quite glad because they were annoying as hell, so I'm quite glad they've gone. Uh, and then I got distracted because there was a lot of people who were talking about the um, like the espionage corporation sort of story, and I hadn't come across it. I thought, well, I've not, I've not even heard about it, so I, I went, I went sort of looking for it. I had to Google it how to actually find this quest line because I thought well, I, I have just not come across it. I could have bypassed it somewhere in a different planet, and it happened to be in New Atlantis. Got the got the thing um, and started that. So I've 
jumped off the main quest onto that. And it's actually really fun, you know, you know, going stealing stuff from other companies and things, uploading things, planting things. Um, yeah. Killed a couple of people. I'm, I'm at this point where I've got to make a, a, a choice. And I, I, I did the usual as you do with all Bethesda games. You always save, you're constantly saving just in case a decision you make goes absolutely tits and you need to sort of go <laughs> sort of go back and redo, redo it. Scumming, baby. That's it. That is it. So I've, I've got to make a choice where I've got to go and talk to this woman who I know's bad or go and talk to this other guy and sort of things just carry on as lapsy-daisy. So I'm, that's the point I'm at. And with a story, um, I, I think I've got to go and talk to some weird priest guy that I tried killing near the start of the game, which who I discovered you can't kill. So that that's sort of where I'm at with that. So mm-hmm. uh, and but I've not really not really done much much else game wise apart from Assassin's Creed today. Cool. Uh, which we'll talk about. Um yep. and I and I was doing a bit of my um my Marvel Snap because I do like a bit of oh, Marvel Snap. <laughs> he loves his Marvel Snap. Best, <laughs> best mobile game on the planet. Constant new cards. They, they're always at Game Awards. They're always turning up at uh, shows or at some oh, games. Oh, that guy, Fest. that one guy. Jesus. Oh, yeah. He's, I, I love that guy, man. He, I don't. He's, he's too much. Do you I know? Work, I couldn't work with oh, him. Oh, but... He, but he's so enthusiastic. Too I much. love him. He just, he loves being there. <laughs> Imagine he's that like, on a Monday my, morning, Donnie. I know, but to be fair, it's probably not like that on a Monday. It's just because he's there with the emotion, his little game, and amongst all these peers with their big AAA stuff, Mate, he's that there. that kid is on it at all times. I don't know what he's <laughs> snorting, but he's on it. <laughs> he's like Nick Cage at A24-7, baby. Yeah, he's fucking on it. <laughs> <laughs> love it um, Ben obviously me and you were playing Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty now I'll let you take the mic because I've spoken about this a lot recently I've kind of waxed lyrical about it I rolled the credits on it last night mm-hmm. um, and did a little save scum because I wanted to see both endings so I got I got, uh, I saw two so two endings I think four um, I'll let you take the reins talk about it and if I've got anything to add then I will do I know you're loving this game, as am I, so let's try and keep a little 20 minutes, will we? Yeah, yeah, we'll keep it yeah, quick, keep yeah, it quick. I mean, I, um, I, when the 2.0 update came out, I started a new game, so I've been playing it all from the start. I'm near the end of Phantom Liberty, I think, um, but I kind of started Phantom Liberty at where it felt right in the story. Um, so I've got the, the main quest, like, to the end of the line, to the, to the final mission, essentially, uh, but yes. I've still got loads of other stuff to be mopping up. So I just want to do everything in the game. I absolutely adore the game. And I adored it as soon as the, the 2.0 update came out. And it was just right back in. It looks incredible. The new systems that they've put in place, they seem to work so well. Um, Phantom Liberty comes along and it's it's fantastic. It's just opened up. A completely different area that feels so different, and and it and not only that, it's worked in really well. I love Idris Elba in it. He's absolutely brilliant. Like his performance is excellent. He seems like he genuinely fucking cares. Um, I couldn't be more pleased with how it the narrative that it delivers alongside the gameplay is just. Fantastic! The gameplay updates they've done—they—they—they've tried so hard to deliver something which you actually now 
associate with cyberpunk like after the animes and all that kind of stuff that and they they really really have delivered on that but couple that with the narrative delivery which having just played starfield i've said this a number of times on our podcast like it's embarrassing like the difference is embarrassing it's it's like comparing I don't know. You cannot compare these two games. I've stopped comparing them because Cyberpunk is is so superior in its narrative delivery. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, absolutely loving it. Good. Yeah, listen, I, I listened to your your podcast on Wednesday, and like I was dry. I, I distinctly remember where I was. I was on a stretch of road uh, near Inverurie, going towards Aberdeen. I was just sitting. Every time you spoke, I was just nodding, going, "Yep, mm-hmm. yep." absolutely spot on yeah it's incredible and the, the only things I kind of want to add like I said because I've spoken about it a lot so I won't I won't drone on the one thing that they kind of kept quiet about this this expansion and I didn't know and I fucking love them for doing it is just how much Keanu Reeves is in it I expected him to maybe be in a scene or two every yeah, single yeah. quest every single side quest he pops in and they've put so much detail in, into sort of like his conversation with you his dialogue his relationship with yep. V he seems a lot more sarcastic and cynical it's hilarious and I was like and, he, and again a bit like Idris Elba he's put so much effort into that role Definitely. and that for me has been such a great surprise How I, I just because you know sometimes you get expansions and you don't see other characters do you because they're yeah. you know, for whatever reason you know the actors are off doing other things but I was like, he's literally all the way through this. It's fucking with great. a great performance, as you just said. Like he, he ge- yep. genuinely seems to he's put in the effort as well. And they they could have easily kind of silenced him through this DLC. Like they yes. could, they could have done that, but they they didn't. And and I said I said this week on our pod that this game now with the two point update and this expansion, this is the best game that I've ever played. It is yeah. the best game. So. It's yeah, so I've impressive. seen a few people. I've seen a few people say very, very similar in the last. Week. And it's funny because I, I put a tweet out about a month ago saying, "I think in ten years' time we'll finally appreciate how good Cyberpunk is." And lo and behold, ten weeks later, or something, yeah. ten days later, even people are starting to see it now. Um, and of course, t- I don't know if you saw, but tonight they announced that the game has sold twenty-five million copies, and this DLC has sold three million copies, which is fucking That's superb for return. expansion. Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. so people people are responding to how good it is. So, yeah, yeah, love it. Good. I just think I think if if you've if you've got a next gen console, you've got PC. I think it's it's not it's not a must play. It, I think it's an essential play. Yes, I think it's a game you have to play. Maybe not today. There's loads of things out just now. You know, like, there's no panic. But I think certainly when you have the time, you have to play. This it's, game. it's if you're into. I think if you are, if you like RPGs, if you like action RPGs, if you like narrative games, like actually narrative focused games, like this hits all those notes. Um, yep. Yeah. Superb. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I don't know, BMG. Have, have you played it? Are you interested or? Well. <sighs> Cyberpunk, I've I, I bought it. Um, origi- I bought it when it originally came out on Xbox, um, and obviously with the state the game was in and everything that was going on, I I pretty much got my money back for it because it was like no, not working for me. I'm having issues, and it just annoyed me. So I got my money back for it, and I just blamed it on one of the kids saying they bought it. 
So it wasn't, wasn't an issue. And then obviously all the updates and they brought the next gen up, you know, patch, patch out for it, which and all the bug fixes, which probably made the game like super awesome. So, uh, I rebought it and I got it on offer. I think I, I paid like £12 something for it. It was like literally dirt cheap because I think they were just trying to get it in as many hands as possible. Sure. Um, and I still haven't played it. And that was last, oh, last year. Wow. But Oof, the idea was, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's literally, it's going to, um, it's going to be like my, my Christmas game, Christmas I think. Game. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. it. <laughs> love it. I bought it because I owned it, I owned it on Xbox Series X and I also, bought it on PlayStation 5 because the PlayStation 5 version uses haptics and adaptive yeah. triggers. So yes, it's it's better. Um, yeah. The triggers are excellent on that on that game. Yeah. I think I genuinely think the PlayStation 5 version must be better because of the controller. Yeah. Connected. Yeah, definitely. So it's installed, it's installed on the PS5. Um it is ready to to go, but I need to get Starfield out of the way, got Assassin's Creed to get out of the way. Then Spider Man yep. Two, and then Cyberpunk. Finally, <laughs> don't don't skip out on the expansion. Do not skip out on it. Make sure you make sure you you pay for that. Honestly, it's the best twenty five quid you'll spend this Christmas. But you're honest. Sure. I I fully believe that if you start playing the main game, you'll fall in love. Oh yeah, with you'll that, buy it anyway, and yeah. then you'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it'll sell itself, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Don't buy it in advance. Just play the game, and then go. Actually, um, this deserves an expansion. So, yeah, but the only the only bits I've actually really done of the game was designing my character. You know make my character swing around to make his big penis swing around because I thought that was highly amusing. While I had a pair of tits, I thought that was just funny as hell. Uh, and then um, seeing the bird in the bath with the tits, that was as mm. about as far as I got. We And then I said, oh, got out of that bit. They took her off, went outside, and it was just it was just crashes. Um, I think, and I went to a, it was like a soda machine, and I was I, trying to work that, and I ended up shooting it. Then all of a sudden, all these police started piling out the um, the vending machine and just started killing me. I was like, yeah, no, no we're done this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not a good experience. <laughs> no, no. So I'm hoping for a, a better, more, less bug, you know, bug-free, as, as best as it can be, experience. I believe they've changed everything with the 2.0 update. You know, oh, yeah, how it's just, yeah, it's just... It, it's just brilliant. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's going to be my Christmas game, I think. I think, yeah, Spider-Man, um, AC, Mirage, yeah, they and Starfield, they're, they're the three games I need to get done and out of the way. Uh, but, oh, how... I know we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed in a bit, but how jarring and different it is when I went from Starfield to playing that and that smooth 60. Oh. Well, the thing oh. is, we're going to talk about it right now. We're going to move oh. on right now to it. Oh. Yeah, we are. Oh. Yeah, so remember, we're going to keep this spoiler free um, for anyone who's, who's who's not where we are or wants to play it. Um, so yeah, Assassin's Creed Mirage launched today. I managed to get six hours in. Um, a little bit of background for me is that I, I, I've been a long-standing Assassin's Creed fan since the first one in 2007. Um, I still, I, I, I very much enjoy the RPG line. I, I enjoy the recent ones. I've not got an issue there. But I'm one of those people that for a long time has been asking for a remake of, of the original. Or, not. So, I've never said I want a new game, I just want a remake of the original. Because the original for me is just, it's a, it's just a phenomenal game that for me has kind of set the course for the way a lot of games went since. It really was a game changer. Um, and we've got Mirage. And we've basically 
got it. That's that for me is is, is what it is. It's a it's a twenty twenty three version of an original Assassin's Creed game with all its nice tweaks and bits and bobs and frame rates and yeah, like you said, BMG, you know, it's nice and smooth. It looks fantastic, and that that's what we've got. Um, so I've got what I wanted, and I'm delighted. Well, I was delighted when it came up. Um. Been excited for it on our Discord. So many of the guys were excited for this as well. Um, and yeah, been playing it today and loving it so far. So, talk to us, BMG. Kind of where, where, where kind of how far did you get today? How much time did you play on it? And what's your kind of headline thoughts? Uh, well, I, I've I've probably I'm only probably a couple of hours in. Done the prologue. I'm at the bit where. Um, I'm I'm sort of becoming an an assassin, you know. Obviously, it's not really a spoiler because it's called Assassin's Creed, and he's an assassin <laughs> on it. So, um, so yeah. So that's that's the bit I'm up to. The intro, I love that new intro for the the 15 years where you have got the music and all the different assassins in gold right at that very start screen. That's that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, I, I didn't, you know, you get a bit of an introduction right at the very start, you know, see like a bit of cool video and thing like that. That's really good. But it's a traditional Assassin's Creed game, a game I've been wanting for God knows how long. Yeah, it's just like me then, yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, I've always loved Assassin's Creed. I own them all. I've played them all. Um, I was listening to a show um, the other day. And they were talk, talking about Assassin's Creed saying they don't understand it, you know, how all these games connect and, you know, it didn't make any sense. It's very convoluted. It says, I don't get it. It says, why can't they do one in Japan? And I'm just, and I'm like almost screaming at my phones, like, they are doing this. It all connects. They all connect. It's all about the pieces of Eden. That is the whole thing that connects them all. And it's, ah, oh, it's very, very stressful, very <laughs> stressful. And I was, I was getting mad. So I had to like DM. One of the guys would say, look, yeah, this is how it all connects. They had that main arc for the first, you know, the first couple of free games. It, it all makes sense. It's, yeah, the story goes all over to different time periods, but it's all after the same thing. These two factions warring over these pieces. One wants to control the world. One wants to free it, so to speak. Um, and they are doing one in Japan. It's the next game. Codename Red, yeah. and they're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. And it's like, oh, right, okay, okay. But yeah, traditional, <laughs> traditional Assassin's Creed. Uh, I've seen a lot of, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, um, today, yesterday, people saying, oh, Assassin's Creed, oh, it's, it, they've just they've literally just done the exact same thing. It says there's nothing new. And it's like, no, this is what people have been asking for. Ubisoft aren't very usually do what the audience want they do what the audience they think they want so they've actually gone and done this and you get you know they posted a nice message on on x twitter you know pretty much saying you know how much love and care has gone into this and they wanted to you know remember the roots and this is like a love letter to, to that and it is you know i've literally just played it for a very short period of time and the minute you start playing you feel that traditional Assassin's Creed, you, like you, yeah. your surroundings, your walkings, your movement. You, you feel it straight away. Not this big RPG thing, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm abs- absolutely loving it. Looks beautiful, plays nice. Voice actors so far very good. Couple of character models, the eyes kind of bulge out a little bit, and kind of. Uh, like, I'm probably reminding you of Starfield a little bit. I kind of got yeah, those vibes yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit weird when like looking to the left and the eyes, like you know, like just slightly mm-hmm. sticking out the head, and it's like, but you know, it's there's going to be patches and things that are going to come in that will yeah, correct that. Yeah. But but we've always got Ubisoft junk, though, don't we? Really, oh yeah, it comes with the territory as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 
it's one of them. It's I think it's a good because a lot of people are saying why do we need this story? And I've seen on again seen online people saying I don't understand. I don't understand what's this this character and why there's a you know there's a game about it and it's like have you done Valhalla have you finished Valhalla I'm not going to spoil the end of Valhalla but it's 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 good it's good um, how they do it and you can take the the certain character in question if if, if he's a good guy bad guy you know you can, you can sort of weigh that up, weigh that up yourself um, and take make your own opinions on it but yeah it's it's like they had. They were going to do this. They decided they were going to do this. They had to do sort of a story. This is kind of just like a side story, so they can serve that audience that loved the original Assassin's Creed games. I've enjoyed them all. Played them all. I'm not keen on the RPGs. I played them because it's Assassin's Creed, so I'm going to get it and play it. But I like the traditional games. I like that more of a tight knit story gameplay. And yeah. none of this, oh, I can't go into that area because it's 10 levels above me and that's going to murder me. I like to be able to you, you get a cheeky shot in, take someone out and things like that. And, and I do like, because obviously they've taken bits of the, the newer games into this game. Like in the original Assassin's Creed games, you get circled by enemies. It's one at a time. You literally parry, kill, parry, kill, one at a time. You don't get more than one that attacks you at once and they like show you an animation before they attack you. Whereas this, you can get attacked by multiple people at once. You, you know, not just one person's going to come at you at a time. You'll get multiple people coming at you. And I like they've introduced a stamina bar, which literally, you know, you can dodge, parry, but you've only got can do it for so much before you need to like kind of pull back, step Attack. back to get that stamina back up. So you've you've got to time it right. You've got to weigh up: do I go swords blazing, not guns blazing, um, and and go straight in, or you're going to have to be a bit more tactful about it. it it's you know it's making you think a bit more instead of just charging in. Because I some you know like Hitman for example. I start off stealth, but the minute I get seen, I just go and murder absolutely everyone in the building, all characters, <laughs> innocent or not. It's just, I, I just think, sod it. I'm, <laughs> I didn't do what I wanted to do, so everyone dies. So, you know, it's it's, it's a good traditional Assassin's Creed game. Um, I'd say I'm not far, nowhere near as far as you're into it. I'm literally a couple of hours, literally because obviously coming in from work and trying to sort out this stupid new phone, which is still not working. Um, and I, I want, I want to, Probably after we've d- done today, I'll probably maybe try and get another hour or so in. But yeah, I, I like it. I'm enjoying it, and I'm I'm quite excited to see where the story goes. Scores that have come out, I would say, quite fair. It's you know, the, even though I think it's sitting about is it a 77, 78 on Metacritic, Open Critic, which for what this game is, I think that's quite a fair score. Um, I've listened to a couple of reviews and things, and. Until I've played it and finished it myself, I can sort of then go back and think, right, yeah, I agree with this or don't agree with that because it's, you know, reviews are always a one person's opinion, really. So it's, uh, but I'm glad it's back and I was so excited that Assassin's Creed's back. Ah, good. Now, I think you made a really good point about the combat off air, kind of me before you jumped in, me and Ben were kind of speaking about that, that, you know, like, the original Assassin's Creed games, they were all about stealth. Anthony, you're an assassin, you're not supposed to get seen. And in this game, you have to play it like that. And that's how I, 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 that's, I've always enjoyed that. I enjoy being stealthy in games anyway. So 
the minute you get seen in this game, you're in trouble. Like you, you said it best, BMG. Like if you get three people around you, they all attack you. You're de- you, you, you can't really play this game as a combat game. You're as well just running away and coming back, or just fucking save scumming. You know, just and just loading up your 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 last save because when you're outnumbered, it is tough. It is a challenging game at that point. But for me. They've done that on purpose because that's that's your punishment for getting seen. You're supposed to be an assassin. You're supposed to get in and out without getting seen. Um, and the way they've the way they've done the 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 sort of the sneaking around and the stealth, it's so authentic. It's authentic OG Assassin's Creed, but at the same time putting in more modern day touches to it. Um, I've just unlocked, for example. I've unlocked the blow dart. It's not a spoiler, obviously, we know that's in it. So it's obviously it's in previous games anyway. So that obviously knocks people out. Your throwing knives are fucking brilliant. They're really rewarding as well. You're rewarded, obviously, for pinpointing weaknesses like heads, funnily enough, or legs. Um, so all these little things I'm unlocking, which just little tweaks to the original game. Obviously, these little things we didn't have originally. Um, they're, they're really nice touches. So far... I've done a couple of assassinations and you can kind of plan when you're there, you can kind of plan how you want to kind of do the assassination. There's there's different, there'll be little options that'll give you where you can go and speak to people and it might tell you a little story about their sort of, you know, their links to this area and why they're there and whether you can use them or not. And you can, you can use them to then distract people and, and, and get in. And just all these little bits they've added in, it's just, it's nice. It's It really is. Um, and it makes you have to plan and think and not just go in and attempt to just take out a whole fucking campus of people. Um, you have to think about it. And you will do trial and error. That's the thing. Like, there was one I, I was struggling with one, it took about seven attempts. Like, I kept getting seen. I'm like, but I thought I did that right. And I paid that person to distract them and someone else from behind me saw me. So it was a lot of fun of just working little bits out and trying to get it right and try to kind of get that perfect assassination. Or you can just, you know, try and be a madman and and, and, and rush in and... Um, and try and wipe everyone out, but yeah, good luck. Good luck if you can do that. And for me, that's not the game. The whole point is you're supposed to be stealthy, aren't you? So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was really impressed as well with the visuals. Like even even early on, when obviously in the tutorial area, like you said, like when you come out of your little apartment, um, and just like the detail, like it feels so authentic. Like, I like playing this game. I feel like I'm in Baghdad or, you know, in, a, in an Arabic setting. It's so authentic. The detail on the houses and um, things at like the mosques and stuff, like really, really top notch. I mean, I, I mean I, I'll always give Ubisoft credit anyway, especially for the visuals um, and their attention to detail and fair fucks to them because this is a beautiful looking game. Make no mistake about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I say, you've got that choice, fidelity mode or you've got your performance mode i went performance mode and yeah it's not a choice it's performance mode yeah yeah and like and it is yeah you like that one ben did you yeah thank you thank you but going from like playing starfield and obviously that's in 30 fps which i'm used to and you get you do get used to it and then literally go and jump into assassin's creed mirage and it's like oh my god how the hell am i even playing starfield because it's just so but a smooth. Um but yeah, it's it's good that we got the traditional game back. I'm glad it's back. Um and oh, I just love Assassin's Creed. 
Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying your first couple hours, and so am I. And to be fair, the guys in the Discord that are playing it, Craig and Chris, they're a few hours in as well. Um, Chris, actually, he played it at midnight. <laughs> he was like, I'm jumping oh, on to four in the morning. Keen. Oh, yeah, he was on to four in the morning, man. Very so, keen. Um, wow, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. See, he's obviously a little bit ahead. Well, I think he's ahead of us in terms of side stuff, because obviously in this as well, they've, they've got the they've, they've got the usual, what they've been adding in recently, this, the, the, you know, the, the secret order, you know. Um, they, they've, they've got that in there, and they've got these sort of, sort of faction side quest you don't join a faction but it's just little it's just like a message board or people maybe need help and assistance and, and, and it's like you know go there and do this and help these people whatever um that's unlocked for me now as well and, and again these things you get good rewards from them that's the thing is they're always worth doing you, you don't feel like you're doing fetch quests which obviously ubisoft are slagged off for aren't they <laughs> you feel as though these little you know they're called them factions there's a purpose because you'll either get a schematic from it, you'll get good upgrade materials, or you might get a weapon from it. There's always a purpose or a reason for it. Um, and as well, uh, by all accounts, the XP is very, very good as well. And if you're going for the platinum, yeah, you need to unlock all the skill points. You need to do them anyway. Um, but I've done, I've done two of them, and so far they've been pretty good. One of them I had to, I had to go up to like a, a little harbour area and basically steal a little boat. So I had to basically take out, again, stealthily, all the people around it. Um, and it was just a good bit of fun, you know. Um, use different techniques to do it. And it'll give you little challenges to like, it'll say like, do this, go here, steal this boat. Bonus, don't get seen and you'll get extra rewards and stuff. So yeah, um, I like what they've done. It doesn't seem to be the, the usual bloat. You've still got your waypoints, you've still got markers. But nothing like you're used to with with Assassin's Creed. It's not your map is not littered with stuff at all. There's a few things. Most of your quests are in a menu or on a message board, and it's not like littered everywhere with stuff. So um, it's definitely cut down on that on that Ubisoft bloat. That's for sure. So, which is good, especially at this time of year when we ain't exactly short of fucking games. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Yes, yes. But Ben, I know you're not massive on it, but when it's in the sale, mate, pick yeah. It up. yeah. Yeah, I, the, yeah, pro- yeah. the problem with me at the moment is that I am a little bit of a review score slut, I think. And mm. to get into a franchise that I wouldn't usually, despite having played the last three games, but I, I still consider myself not, because I don't, I don't love them. Um, it's not something that I'll day one. Um, it needed to have a better score. And okay. the, the whole, the whole, you know, a seven or an eight is a good score. Y- yeah, but it's not enough for me to dive in Drop right now. Other things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is cool. Cool. All righty. Well, we, we 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 turned it on its head and, and we did what we've been playing first. So um, we'll crack on with the news. And tonight we got some news. And guess what? PlayStation Premium users are getting a new benefit. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Um, so on the, uh, the, the the PlayStation blog, a new Sony Pictures app has been added to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, offering free movies to PlayStation Plus Premium subscribers. The app, titled Sony Pictures Core, will let users buy or rent up to 2,000 new and classic Sony Pictures movies, with examples including Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man No Way Home, Uncharted, The Equalizer, No Hard Feelings, Bullet Train and Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
However, Sony also says PlayStation Plus members on the premium tier will also get access to a curated catalogue of up to 100 movies to stream on demand. That's your free bit. These movies will contain no ads and the lineup will be updated periodically. Movies available during this initial lineup include Looper, Elysium and Resident Evil Damnation. The app will also have exclusivity period where some Sony Pictures movies will, will be available to purchase first. The first of these in some markets such as the UK, France, Germany and Japan will be the Gran Turismo movie which currently isn't available to purchase or rent in these regions. This is just the beginning, Sony says, and we plan to evolve the offerings and benefits of Sony Pictures Core over time, including a selection of hit anime content from Crunchyroll. Um, BMG, you know about this app, because um, this obviously is not a new app, but it's just new to PS Plus Premium users. Yeah, it's um, it, it's been it's been out for quite a, quite a long time now. It was on, it's on your like Sony Bravia TVs, and it was uh, it was like Bravia Core Pictures or Bravia Pictures Core, something something along them lines. I can't yeah. remember the exact name of it. And the idea is, it's literally like it's like you're at, I'm a bit like Amazon Prime, uh, or if you've got Sky, like the Sky Store, things like that. It's uh, you can rather rent movies buy movies or every now and again um disney plus did it where you you know where like black widow for example couldn't go to the cinema to watch it because of covid things whatever you know the world stopped so you could pay a premium price and watch it at home you know you get like 24 hours to watch it you pay like 25 quid instead of 4.99 to rent so the So they they all, they offer that sort of service and um, they've gone under a rebrand. The rebranding it to Sony Pictures Core or again Sony Pictures something or other. Um, and what what they've done is and they just kind of dropped it on the blog PlayStation blog today and announced it today that it's also dropping on the PlayStation Five as a as an app. Which I haven't actually gone on to have a look to see if it is live here yet. It is live, yeah. It yeah. is, yeah, yeah. So essentially, it is literally just the exact same thing that's on the TVs, where that's had a rebrand, and now they've now brought it to PlayStation, so you can have it along with your Disney, your Amazon, your Netflix, and YouTube, and all that. And yeah, if you're on the premium tier, you're going to get um, a curated selection of 100 films, which I can't imagine are going to be exactly brilliant because everyone's probably watched them multiple times over anyway. Um, yeah. And again, you can rent by all the other films and they are going to be doing Gran Turismo for the premium. So it's going to be the first premium film, uh, which is currently in cinemas now, but uh, I think it... Probably it's probably going to end up being next week, I think, where you'll be able to pay a premium price and watch it at home instead of going to the cinema and before it comes to digital and and physical to buy. And they have said that other PS members there are keep an eye out because there are going to be some other things that are going to be coming out for our benefit. So I, I would imagine if you're on PlayStation Extra, maybe each month you'll get a couple of games drop and drop into the service and maybe access to a couple of different films and if yep. you're on the essential you maybe you'll get a film each month uh, but I don't think it's one they'd let you add to your library and keep I think it'd be more you've got this for the month so you've got the month to watch it and then that'll come off and then another one will come on that, that's how I would assume it, it would go but yeah it's it's cool to have extra benefits especially with 
you know, the price increase of, of Sony PlayStation Plus that went up, was it, what, 45%, something like that, across the board? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it's, it's gone up. 20%, so, 20% in the UK, 20%. 40, 40 in America, yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah. So what they, what this would have been, and it boggles the mind that they didn't do it this way, right, okay, we've got this price increase, what can we offer and give them to soften the blow a little bit? It's not going to make anyone happy and jump for joy but soften the blow by saying yes we are increasing these prices but this is this new service that we're offering that is going to be on your playstation and have access to this this would have been the perfect time to have them both announced at the same time instead of the you know couple of months apart and then then announce it and just drop it on the blog as if it's oh you know some a passing comment if you will kind of like how <laughs> yeah. ubisoft announced you know the division free you know same sort of thing yeah yeah working on Divi- division free as if it was just a passing comment it's like what <laughs> what it's big news <laughs> so yeah, big news yeah. yeah yeah ben it does it does seem like the sort of thing they could have probably tied in with a with a large price increase not that i think it's enough maybe we'll go oh well that's okay then i'm i'm glad i can watch looper the 15 year old film with yeah, I was bradley say cooper that, yeah. you know is it bradley cooper bruce willis bruce willis is loop is looper is it bruce willis is it oh yeah and that gordon levis was it gordon yeah. what do you call him yeah yeah but whoever wrote that blog come on start with a different film like, <laughs> don't have that as your lead. Come on, man. Let's let's be real. I mean, I think with both of these um, services, I imagine this service uh, that was already in operation, as BMG said, would have probably been ready to die. Um, I think this is probably yes. beneficial to that service and to PlayStation Plus, and they're merging it over. Lord knows that premium users need um, more benefits. Something. Yeah, absolutely. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's. I mean, unless you're looking for your PS2 fix or what have you, there is no reason for people to be going to the that higher tier. I mean, there's a lot of people, including myself, who have dropped down to the essential just to get the cloud saves because there is no real benefit at the moment to, to having yeah. anything else. So just trying to entice people over. They really want to get people in that top tier. That's, that's how... Um, the other side and Xbox have kind of tried to make people go into ultimate more. Um, so yeah, I think this is a, a good move and it's it could have some decent stuff on there, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, Hopefully. But, but on Xbox. Sony makes some decent... Sorry, go on. Because like, Sony makes some good films, so there is potential yeah, there, but it's just absolutely. whether it's whether the premium users actually get anything anything premium from it shall we say yeah so, did, did you say in that release did it say uh no way home was just on the service but it's not part of the premium yeah it doesn't make out that you're getting that foc that film is fucking class <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah, class <laughs> yeah um but another feature that was on that's now on your your playstation 5 console and it's a perhaps an overdue feature the playstation store has now given a new feature and owners can now give five star scores to their games the feature is a little basic at the moment only a only a star rating between one and five can be given to any one game and you must have owned the game to do so so sorry no review bombing people um but no specific review text can be left it's literally just go on give it a one to five um a bit overdue, lads. This probably should have been on there. I know obviously it's been on Xbox for ages. Um, but listen, it's a decent little quality of life feature. 
I would never probably trust the one to fives anyway, because let's be honest, any game you like, you just give it a five, don't you? It's um, So it's going to be very weighted in one way or another, but listen, it's a decent little addition. Um, should have been on there years ago. Should have been on there with the launch of PS5, let's be honest. But it's still better to have it than not. Yeah, I love I it. Would... I love the idea of having it. I think it's uh, I think it's great. Um, and it gets people a little bit more connected with the games as well, because oh, I'd leave it a rating. But you are right, yeah. like a five and a one will be common scores. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think I think it's a really good addition. Just yeah, get it, get it on. Yeah, yeah. You're guaranteed that every PlayStation first party game will have top the highest rating. Yes, <laughs> every well, yes, first party yes, you game. Will. I mean, but yeah. Steam is so successful because of the way that uh, the Steam user scores are reliable people religiously will try trawl through those i know it's got it's got actual written kind of text there but when you've bought the game like and when there is proof of purchase and then giving a rating there there's a little bit more weight to that and i yeah yeah unless of course it's starfield and suddenly everything's wrong and in the rubbish and it doesn't work oh yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. Mm, funny that but yeah, no, you're right. This the Steam way is, is is pretty damn good. Especially how you can filter it, can't you? Can filter by like time played and stuff. Oh it's yeah, no, it's fucking intuitive. Really good. I mean, yeah, yeah. people kind of religiously use the the Steam reviews as yeah, like, yeah. genuine. Because if 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 I wanted to get a uh, an aggregate score, I would be going filter thirty hours plus and filtering yeah. it that way, rather than someone that played a game for three hours and went, this is shit. Yes, you want to you want to look at the people ten. that have played it for the <laughs> yeah. time that you yeah. feel like you would give to it. Yes. Um, I, I still, I love the people that, that have played something for 3,000 3, hours and then go, would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. After 3,000 <laughs> hours, I realised it was a waste of time. Game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, actually, this one's for you, BMG, because fucking typically... On our last episode, which you were on, we obviously watched, or the night before was the was the state of play, and um, we got to see a good deep dive of Hell Divers Two, and you are our resident Hell Divers Two man. But we were speaking about the price. That was our conversation. What's it going to be? And we didn't know. Pre-orders were obviously going live the next day, and of course, typically we got the fucking news the next day after we record. Yeah. Um, and just I just wanted to kind of gauge your interest and in, in what you thought of the price. Obviously, for those who don't know, the regular edition of Hell Divers Two is priced at thirty five pound. There is, of course, a deluxe Super Citizen edition, which is available for £50, complete with various armour and weapon skins and what's been dubbed as Super Citizen status. I trolled the internet, I googled it, I looked it up, went on Helldiver's website, I cannot find what the fuck Super Citizen status means and why you're paying for it. <laughs> um, and if those who don't know, Helldiver's 2 launched on PS5 and PC February the 8th. Pre-orders are now live. Happy with £35, mate? That's it. it that's a perfect price point because I think if I remember rightly, I think I was saying thirty nine ninety nine or forty four ninety nine would be like the sweet spot for this for yep. this game. And uh, yeah, thirty four ninety nine is absolutely. I think it, it's a steal at that. I think for what the game offers and a game you can just pick up and drop any time. You know, it's not this big story heavy thing. It's communities working together to pretty much Starship, Starship Troopers. I, I We're thinking that this super star season thing, I think it's going to be related to live service. I think that's going to give you like some sort of membership thing, sort of like ESO. Or a battle pass maybe? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you get like the first year's battle passes or something like that. Yeah. And they're going to do it that way, which... Yeah, it's 
it's, it's hard because I absolutely adore the first game. It's so much fun. You can have fun with friends and like because obviously you can end up killing each other, landing on each other when you drop in and things like that. And it's 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 so much fun. And would it spoil it as a live service? Mm, quite possibly because you're going to need the better stuff and the better equipment, weapons, armor, and stuff to be able to stave off more and, and do better missions. And um, that's the bit I'm worried about is. Are they going for that sort of model? Because you know Sony have sort of pivoted in that direction. Because it is actually it's a second party studio; they don't own them. But yeah. PlayStation, Sony own the IP. That's not owned by. Um, oh God, I forgot what's the team's Arrow. name now. Arrow, isn't it? Um, Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Yeah. Arrowhead, so they, yeah. yeah, they don't own Arrowhead, but they, they own the IP. So, and with like the direction, you know, we're sort of aware of a lot of the games are going and what they've got in the works. It's like. Have they sort of said, look, this is the direction we're going in. We need you to change this game. We need this. This is what we want. And hence why they've taken like nearly over a year to refine refine that, change that. And that's the product that we're going to end up getting. But for the price point, it's it's bob on. You know, you, you're going to have fun. Even if you decide, look, I'm not going to invest any more money into it. Base game's fine. Uh, and I'll just play it with friends, jump on and off and still have fun. So yeah, it's absolutely brilliant and I honestly, I, I can't wait for this game. I'm, it's probably, I, I wish I could have it like November time but I also understand why they've delayed it because mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit of a stacked year this year. So February mm-hmm. which is starting to look a bit starting to get a bit crowded I think mm-hmm. now. So I could see it possibly pushing till you know, Easter time maybe. I, th- I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. But even if it comes out in February, it's a, it's a day one buy. I'll be I'll be picking it up. It's it's a, you know I've got a few mates who we all play Hell Divers here and there, and literally as soon as they saw that announcement, my phone was buzzing. You know, are we getting it? Are we getting it? Are we getting it? When's it out? You know, it's like yeah. So I'm all for Hell Divers. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> getting away from from this year is. Um is the smart move and another game has done exactly the same a game that i'm interested in which is banisher's ghost of eden that has delayed as well and so from Eurogamer came the story that banisher's ghost of new eden the supernatural action rpg from life is strange studio don't nod has been delayed to the 13th of february to avoid a quote intense release cycle for triple a titles Don't Nod and publisher Focus Entertainment had, as confirmed back in July, originally intended to to, sorry, originally intended to release Banishers back on, I think it was the 7th of November. But in a short statement posted to Don't Nod's website, Focus has now announced a three-month delay. They said, we have decided to postpone the release of this new franchise by three months, as the market is experiencing an intense release cycle for AAA titles on PC and consoles at the end of the year. Focus adds it's convinced, that's a quote, convinced, Banisher's revised 2024 release date described as less saturated people will give it a quote, the attention it deserves. So Banisher's Ghost of New Eden will arrive for PlayStation 5 and PC on the 13th of February next year. Um, Completely right thing to do, a bit like Helldivers get the fuck away from this year, particularly for, as it's been pointed out in that little blurb, a new IP the one thing this year has shown, AAA new IPs are struggling, big style. Yeah. Um, I don't. I can't really recall many out there that have done well 
Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to think. Have there been any that I can think of? New AAA? Um, no. I can't <sighs> think of many. I can't think of top of my head of, no. of, of any or many I've done well. But we've seen flop after flop after flop. Um I actually think this game looks really good. I have to say, I, I was quite intrigued by it when we got little snippets of it last year. And the more I've seen, the more I'm intrigued. It is a, it's very much a PlayStation game in third party over the shoulder. But I, I'm nervous for it, just like I was nervous for Immortals of, a- Immortals of Avium and things like that. Without, yeah. without a market that's already there, it's tough. It is tough. Mm. Yeah, um, it's going to fail. The game will fail. Um, I, I don't think. <laughs> No, that's not a big stretch. <laughs> We're all thinking it. Um, it does actually look reasonably good. Like um, I saw the gameplay. They did a 13-minute gameplay trailer mm-hmm. recently. That looked quite good. Um, yes, delay out of this year. Um, but by delaying it, there's extra costs that are involved. Um, yes. I would certainly expect Don't Nod to be added to the list of layoffs <laughs> in due course. I, oh, d- yeah. I don't think this It'll, you can tell. You can look at this game, and you could say this is a perfectly competent game, and it looks nice, and it, it just won't do well. Just won't sell. Yeah. No, it won't. And that yeah. you know, new IPs. It's like new IPs need to be backed by. And I know this is a PS5 exclusive, isn't it? Um, yes, and PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and PC. And, and that does help when there's exclusivity put to it. But it, when it's backed by the first party, kind of like the the Sony, the Microsoft, or something. It adds the weight and then people get behind it. But it's so fucking difficult to to get a game that looks this good, that looks to have had quite a bit of investment put into it. And then I'm watching it being played and going, nah, it's fail. That, that's it. It's done. Sorry. It's actually, it, it's not PlayStation exclusive, but PlayStation's got the marketing for it. Ah, all. right. Is that right? Because I saw on the trailers, it just said, it said PlayStation. I was like, yeah, okay, it's PlayStation it? marketing, but it's, well, it's, there you it's, go. Uh, it's, it's completely... It's as good. It's as good as a PlayStation exclusive if they've got the marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not on Game Pass. I mean, so. I thought it was just PlayStation. So if I was going to buy it, I would be playing buying it <laughs> yeah. on PlayStation. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a shame, and I, I don't think I'm being harsh. I just think that's the reality. Uh, no, of the I, I think I think you're saying what what probably most listeners will be thinking about. You know, um, I've 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 made the claim that I think Lords of the Fallen is is not going to do well. Um, and I've even put my neck on the block saying I don't think Alan Wake is going to do that well. Ooh, Although that will make money tough. because of the small budget. Because yeah. of how because of the budgets that Remedy do, I think it will do well from a financial point of view, but I don't think it will sell well in the grand scheme of things. Interesting um, that you raise Lords of the Fallen. That is interesting because in ass, piggybacking off obviously the, the this being the reimagining or redoing and whatever, but people are more interested in this one it has got way more of a buzz than a lot of these games get mm-hmm. it's possible that that one might be the problem is it'll probably be a good game it'll have a subsect and people will enjoy it but you're not going to get the big bite it's going to be like callisto protocol type thing it's just not yeah. going to do the sales that it needs in order to do the break even make the profit keep the staff yeah. on all that kind of stuff so i think you're probably Correct, right yeah, yeah. Um, PlayStation Studio Housemark is getting a new house. See what I did there? 
Yeah, um, how smart! Thank you, thank you. Um, coming from their own website, a blog post. Um, how smart! A member of the PlayStation Studios family and Finland's longest-standing gaming firm is gearing up to launch one of Nordic's most advanced gaming headquarters by the end of 2024. Located in downtown Helsinki, this facility will not only be a testament to our rich gaming legacy, but will also be a beacon of innovation and creativity in the northmost capital. It's a lot of words, isn't it? You know, <laughs> our vision is more than just a shiny new office. It's about setting a new standard with features like cutting edge meeting rooms, <laughs> proper audio studios, testing areas, and wellness spa- wellness spaces. And we are creating an environment that merges Nordic sensibilities with creativity, aiming to attract the world's best game developers. Wow. Sustainability remains core to our values. Our revamped hub will champion green initiatives, ensuring it's a balancing between technology and planetary care. Wow. As we embark on this transformative journey, we're committed to further solidifying our position in the world of gameplay innovation. Housemark was formed in 1995, making it the oldest development studio in Finland. Since 2007, Housemark has developed several PlayStation-exclusive games, including Super Stardust HD, Dead Nation, Resogun, and Marfall. Housemark's most recent game was the critically acclaimed Returnal, releasing in April 2021 to PlayStation 5 and February 2023 to PC, and in 2022 would pick up the BAFTA for Best Game. Sony acquired Housemark just after the launch of Returnal in June 2021, bolstering Sony's first-party studio lineup, and according to Herman Hulse, would, quote, bolster the creative force of PlayStation Studios, he said in a blog post at the time. <sighs> um, that was that was wordier than I read it earlier. Um, there's a lot of fluffy words in that that's like, yeah, you're getting a nice, shiny new studio. <laughs> PlayStation's giving you lots of money, which is great. You love to see the investment. So that is good news, but... Wow, but Donny, Donny, I mean, how, how how did how did uh, a new lease on a new office make the news? Wow, yeah, <laughs> no, because because right, the, the point I was getting at with this one was, it's investment, isn't it? You know, it's it's all about putting money back into studios and growing them. I'm assuming, obviously, employee numbers will go. This is good in the face of all the negativity of job losses and things like that. This is um, this, this is positive news. To be honest, Returnal, Returnal is an absolute triumph. So, uh, y- you know, uh, if the studio is then put on a pedestal to do more work, then then that is then that is a good thing, I suppose. But uh, absolutely, a lot of I loved it when they were like, "No, this isn't just a new office. It's got n- new features such as meeting rooms." right planetary care tell me more (laughs) now i'm interested yeah proper audio studios what did you have before (laughs) yes i loved it i love this roast (laughs) yeah yeah um, Sony has announced that Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition for PlayStation 5 and PC will shortly be coming out. Set for release on console on October the 6th and PC in early 2024, the title will include the base game, its Burning Shores expansion, digital bonuses including soundtrack, art book, comic book and in-game items. Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition will cost £60. Guerrilla Games said the PC version has been developed in partnership with fellow Sony, Sony Studio Nixes, much to every PC fans delight I'm sure and will be available on Steam and Epic Game Store. Horizon Forbidden West was released for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 in February 2022 and has sold 8.4 million copies by the middle of April this year according to Guerrilla themselves. Um, Great for PC users I must say who I'm sure have been excited for this game. It's For me it's another case of 
just getting that money. It's just the Sony tax, isn't it? You know, and <laughs> uh, yeah. sixty quid a pop. Get in the coffers. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't, actually don't know how well it's a selling console because it's still it's still FOC on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium. Yeah, I don't think it'll so, sell particularly well on console. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, mind you, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of PlayStation Five adopters this year, up to twenty five million of them. So. Depending on obviously how many of them sign up to the subscription service, mm. there is a target market there. Yeah, and Christmas but, coming up potentially. Yeah. I think this is the PC yeah. setup though, and I, I do think Same. that PlayStation are uh, angling. Well, it's not that I think they are. They're angling more towards PC these days. Yes, they just need they need a collection of their big hitters, enough there, complete editions, blah blah blah, to then have their own launcher come out. That's what they need. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just another one on the list. It's good. It's great that it's coming to PC. Um, but uh, yeah, that is a fucking price on it for console. Jesus. Yeah, game. I mean, uh, yeah, so you're getting the main game. Well, you're getting the deluxe version of the main game. So obviously, you've got all the bonuses and pre-order bonuses and extras. And I mean, sixty pound. If you just look at it from the face of it, is a great price for what you're getting. Yeah, but that main game you could probably buy but- for fucking tuppence. <laughs> Toppins, <laughs> yeah, just uh, well, not digitally, of course. Yeah. Um, I saw actually the the physical games on two discs, isn't it? Um, I saw so I saw that on Twitter this week. That it's not the price download then. only. Yeah, uh, there's your price. There's your <laughs> money. You see, yeah. Um, aye, it'll be interesting to know how this does on PC because you know in the last year PC sales for PlayStation games have been a little bit soft. I think softer than they expected. Um, they've got big, big budgets to make on you know the what I think was, was it treble their yeah. PC turnover this year. Mm. I, t- I think yeah. also on PC they suffer, they might suffer a little bit because there are some there the PS4 games that have come out on PS uh, that have come out on PC like the First Horizon etc. They are cheap yeah. as fucking chips. Like you can get Horizon for a fiver. You can get yeah, um, like um, zombie game. What's it called? Um, Last of Us. No. Um, oh, Days Gone. That's on. <laughs> yeah, you can get that for like a five or whatever. everyone get. Mm-hmm. You can get these on the on like CD keys and things like that. These ones being more expensive. Ooh, it's a tough. Yeah. And, it's a tougher knock. But be interested to see how it performs. Yeah, I mean the fact that obviously Nixes are doing it is 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 great. That's that's exactly who you want to be doing it. They are already making their money back. That's for damn mm. sure. Mm. That studio, they're working them to the fucking bone, aren't they? Just one thing after another with Nixus, you know. Um yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see. I, I I'm hoping that it sells well because that game is visually incredible. And you imagine that on PC with all your high specs. Oh boy. They're banking on that franchise a lot as well. Like I it's it's weird that yeah with all the things coming out it's it's I find Horizon a weird franchise in general because I don't people that you speak to or hear or podcasts or whatever nobody talks not many people talk that highly of it like oh I recognize it's a good game but not like well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, I mean, but I'm, prob- I mean, I'm obviously, the, maybe I'm the only one, mate. Might, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I usually one. hear about it as being one of the, if you list big Sony franchises, you'd have it down the list a little bit. It'd be there, but it'd be down the list. But they do seem to be backing it quite substantially with future projects. Yeah. Yeah. There's obviously, 
There's the third game. There's rumors of uh, Zero Dawn getting remade, which is outrageous. Mm-hmm. There's the potential live service uh, multiplayer type yes. game, which remains to be seen. There's a movie potentially or yeah. TV show. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's what did they say it was? Was it like eight projects involving the Horizon World? Don't get me wrong, across all mediums. That could be comic books and, and that as well, you know. Um but I think yes. it's more news, not, like a, not like a dozen, I think. A lot. Yeah, they're back they're back in this franchise a lot. But it does well. Um, you know, eight point four million. Yeah, it does well. It's a big hitter. And it's a great game. Is oh. that eight point four? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to don't want to delve yeah. into it too much. But is it uh, yeah. what what's happened with the PlayStation Plus stuff on that? Like what's contributed to what? Um, I got the impression that meant sales rather yeah. than because how they worded it. I think I can't remember how they worded it. But that was something that was actually sales, not just like oh, we sold a million copies and seven million people it played does, it on Plus. It does actually sound way yeah. more impressive than I thought the numbers would be actually so yeah because yeah. zero yeah zero dawn did, did big big numbers as well it did do numbers uh, yeah. yeah yeah it did numbers but listen it's a great game yeah forbidden west amazing um the next story again a bit of negativity sadly on job losses to be honest with you i've picked on team 17 because when i was doing this up the other day it was their day to announce layoffs I could have picked one of many companies in the last week. Potentially rumours of Naughty Dog. I could have picked Epic. Um, but Team 17 was the one on the day, so the story's about them, sorry. Uh, Team 17 is reportedly planning significant job losses as part of a company restructure. According to a report by Eurogamer, the Worms overcooked and moving out publisher held an emergency town hall meeting to inform staff of its plans. The publisher told staff its planned company restructure would include outsourcing its QA work to an external company. This would therefore affect most of the existing Team 17 internal QA department with around 50 job roles at, job roles at risk. According to the proposed team structure document, most of the job losses will be junior QA and analyst roles, though the report says it's not clear which other departments will also be affected. It's said that a consultation process on the restructure has now started and will end in November. The report also says that Michael Pattinson is to step down as CEO of Team 17's publishing arm, a role he took on in October 2021. Earlier this year, it was already confirmed that Debbie Bestwick, the CEO of Team 17, was also planning to step down, a move expected to take place January 1st, 2024. This, of course, as I've said, is the latest in a stream of layoffs taking place across the gaming industry this year. Last week, it was announced that Epic Games are laying off 16% of its staff, consisting of around 830. Earlier this year, Microsoft confirms plans to lay off approximately 10,000 employees, including some at Xbox and Bethesda. CD Projekt Red also announced plans in July to to lay off around 10% of its staff, with CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Kaczynski stating that the company wants to have, quote, teams that are more agile and more effective. Layoffs have recently been occurring at a number of other companies, including Unity, Riot Games, Blizzard, Crystal Dynamics, Bioware, the Callisto Protocol Studio, Striking Distance. Rumours this week, as I said as well, that Naughty Dog are paying off some QA, albeit contractors. In a recent analysis for VGC, GamesIndustry.biz's Christopher Dring suggested the widespread layoffs could partly be attributed to companies expecting to maintain momentum following the pandemic, but saw game sales that were lower than expected. I spoke about this before and Eddie mentioned it on your podcast, uh, Ben, this week that I'd said this before is that I think we're kind of seeing that bounce back from the boom in COVID, 
which spiked the graph so abnormally high that what mm. goes up must come down. And I think we're obviously seeing that, particularly in game sales, a little bit, and and it, and it's and it's and it's flattening to where it should be. But we've got. I, I no, I remember the stories a couple of years ago when developers were literally handing out blank checks to to you know writers and designers and everything else just you know because they were so struggling for employees and now we're now obviously seeing the opposite end don't get me wrong it seems to be pure pure qa guys that are losing it most of the roles do seem to be qa and things and certainly a lot of these studios um they always seem to be the uh, the first ones to go the poor guys but listen this this is not good is it, it no matter how you look at it this is not a good look for the industry at the moment, and it's 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 in a tough way. We've already mentioned I new IP struggle. Um, seeing mm. this, yeah. If, if I said to you, um, a company in the last few years had released Thymesia, Hell Let Loose, moving out too, you'd say, ah, like I think Thymesia, like Good Souls, like don't know who's buying that. Hell Let Loose, yet yeah, that's supposed to be uh, quite a niche FPS. Uh, don't know who's spending too much money on it. Um, and the same with Moving Out 2. Moving Out 1 wasn't a rip-roaring success. So I just, this is, I think some of these companies, and maybe it's just looking backwards, but you can you can kind of see it all. Yeah, it's like, it's like I say, you've got, you know, all studios and things were, you know, getting more and more staffing because obviously people working from home, things like that with the pandemic and, you know, gaming was so high because it was a really good form of entertainment when everyone was locked indoors and, you know, things have started obviously gone back to normal pretty much now. Here in the UK anyway, you know, there's everything's back back to normal and most other countries are the same. And now the, like say, as you said, game sales are down, and they've got all this staff, and it's like they just don't need them now, and it's and it's hard because at one point they were crying out, every studio company were crying out for staff, wanting designers and things, what have you, and now it's like that's not needed as much because sales are low, expenses are higher, and it's they've, they've got to try and balance that line because, like I say, most literally nearly every company. Has shareholders to answer to and capitalism, baby. Yeah, they all want growth. <laughs> they all want to see more profits, um, getting more money back. And when the when the you know they're looking at it and seeing, hang on a minute, yeah, we've sold up this many games, made this much money, but we could have made more money if you had less staff because these staff could easily do their job you know they, they don't care you know they're not bothered about games and things they're bothered about the bottom line and how much they're getting and it's these companies ceos jobs to to make that happen uh, and i think the only one that company i think that's actually done it well when having to sort of think of the bottom line was nintendo i'm, I'm not the biggest nintendo fan but their you know, top bosses, they all took pay cuts so they didn't have to lay staff off. And that you know, that that was a brilliant way of doing it. They're saving the money, the money that they're not getting in bonuses and in salary now is covering what it would have been they would have made back from laying the staff off and everyone's happy, you know, growth continues. But yeah. you look at you know, you look at some of these CEOs and the bonuses, the millions they're getting 
and none of them are parting with a penny of it. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't blame them because rich just want to get richer. It's But if they maybe took that approach and maybe think, well, it's people's jobs on the lines, let's see if there's other things we could look at and do to reduce layoffs, might not be able to reduce them all, but uh, maybe at least reduce a percentage of it, options they should have considered. But it's it, nowadays it's just, right, see you later, you're all done. Uh, some of them, I, I can't remember which company that's offering like really, really generous um, severance packages where they're getting yeah, like... It's epic. Epic, yeah, six, six, yeah. Yeah, six months, six months salary as well yeah. as the, the health benefits and things like that. So they're, yeah, they're having to let them go because they're thinking this is the only option we've got, which, you know, they could have taken, CEO could have taken less bonuses or whatever or higher executives, but at least they're giving them a cushion to sort of, right, you've got time to now find somewhere else while also still getting paid and health benefits. So, but there are, I, I like I said, the, the rumoured with, with Naughty Dog is that the these QA testers and other contractors have been released. There's no severance or anything. It's just, there's your papers, see you later. Yeah, so but if you're a contractor, that, that comes with the territory. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. And you get paid a premium for that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I suppose it, higher than yeah. The employees, it, yeah. And it depends how many years you've worked for them. You know, there's some, there's some contractors that have worked for these companies for years and, you know, I would never taken on full time. And, and yeah, like you say, but a lot of contractors kind of don't want to be taken on full time. Yeah. Like, that's well, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a shame. It's sad, but. Say shareholders are going to make money and they want more money. They want to see growth. They don't want to see things pale off. And uh, it's just uh, it's just sad that it's happening. And uh, hopefully everyone lands on the feet and in a, a better role in the future. Yeah, thankfully that you know for all the negativity, there is still a lot of companies hiring. You see that obviously on, on Twitter when these announcements get made. You see, I think obviously Bungie and a couple of other ones had had tweeted out saying. Here's the vacant positions with us and stuff. So, you know, there's, there's there's a nice bit of rallying around, shall we say, mind you, for self-interest, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's nobody's doing it the goodness know. of their heart. But I think yeah. you're right. You're right, though, Donny. Like, your point that you've made a few times about just, I think there probably is just a bloat in the industry because of the form of the pandemic sales. I th- yeah. And I think it will, should in theory, normalize as you can vote. Yes. But then the introduction of AI comes in, and then in this type of industry, I imagine AI might uh, play more of a part uh, in efficiencies and cost reductions and job yeah. losses. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, I, w- I won't kind of read the blurb out, because the next story obviously was about sag after and it potentially going to be affecting gaming, because they voted that they can strike, not that they're going to strike, and AI is, is a big part of that, and um, obviously it's been it's been hitting the movies, it now obviously could hit gaming, and it could affect PlayStation, because um, Insomniac obviously are part of sag after. Um I don't know if you if you saw what they're asking for, but what they're asking for sounds pretty fucking basic in that wage increases in line with inflation, fine. Rest periods for on-camera performers, set medics to be present during stunt work, and protection against unregulated use of AI and voice acting. I mean, set medics to be present? How is that asking a lot? Well, the medi- the you know, medics part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, rest period, well, yeah, funnily enough, you know. 
Um, but I think this, you're right. The, the, the AI thing is, is scary and it's massive. And I can totally get why performers are worried. But, um, but like some of the ass, like the wage increases in line with inflation. No. They'll never get it, but you can't. No, they'll never get it, but you ask for 10 and you get five, don't you? Yeah, we can't can't guarantee that. Yes, real term pay cuts are um, common right now because inflation's high. You can't guarantee these things. I I don't know. And protection against AI, these companies are probably looking at AI in general and saying, this is the future for cost saving. You know, you can't then just strike things out. And unregulated use of AI, it makes it sound. Oh, underhand. No, it's just it's just not regulated yet. You know. Yeah, so. but I think what the, the issue is is that I come in, I record, or my, I I give you my voice for this game, and the sequel comes out, and AI is so clever now, it doesn't even need that many phrases. It, it can take enough phrases that I gave you in game one to make my voice in game two and you don't pay me for the sequel because you've taken my voice from game one and used that entire game and ran it through a machine because that's how clever it is yes and that's the and, you, and for that second game you did no work so maybe there is uh some kind of payout for that maybe there's a small mm-hmm. kind of but you didn't do any work I, yes. I'm just playing devil's, devil's advocate for the goal. But you should here. have had the work though that's the point if AI didn't, you should have had that oh, work. should should is that's a strike. Your you're voice. not entitled to any work it's but you're entitled to someone using your voice and using that's that's your voice you've you've given them your voice and they've taken it and gone we're going to reuse that again oh yeah what's and then, stop, then what's to stop them using your voice in a, in a completely different ip so not the sequel we'll make a new ip oh ben's voice that we've got let's let's keep using that yes yeah, so I I, like I, his I, voice I'm He's sure there voice. would be some kind of... I don't think you can just use someone... If somebody did that, just because it's unregulated, I don't think you can yeah. do that right now and just use someone's voice in a game based on the AI of a previous... I think that's that's, that that's the big thing that they're wanting the protection against that use, though, isn't it? That's the point. Maybe it's grey, but I'd, I'd rely on actual regulators to make those decisions as opposed to a union to decide yes. things like that. Yes. Absolutely, but I think it's 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 also new. This AI thing's fucking it's it's scary what it can do, but it's yeah. so new and we don't we yeah. don't fully understand it yet either, do we? So yep, true that, true that indeed. Um, well, the moment has come. It's the obituary, the obituary for James Ryan. Oh. Oh BMG is fine. Get your tissues. It's happening. Breathe, breathe. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? <laughs> yeah. In what some surprising news, PlayStation CEO and President Jim Ryan will retire at the end of this year. And at the end of this year, the company has announced he will be succeeded on an interim basis by Sony Group Corporation President, COO, and CFO, the man with the greatest name in the world, Hiroki Totoki. <laughs> Totoki will assume the role of SIE chairman from next month. Ryan is a 30-year veteran of PlayStation. He joined the company in 1994 ahead of the release of the first PlayStation and has since held senior roles including PS2, PS3, PS4 and PS5 alongside the handheld PSP and PS Vita consoles. He was named the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe in 2011 and then took the global role as head of sales and marketing for the entire business in 2016. After a successful stint as deputy president of Sony Interactive Entertainment, he was named the full CEO and president of the PlayStation division in 2019, replacing John Cadera. 
After 30 years, I have made the decision to retire from SIE in March 2024, Ryan said in a statement. I relish the opportunity to have a job I love in a very special company, working with great people and incredible partners. But I found it increasingly difficult to reconcile living in Europe and working in North America. I will leave having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world. PlayStation will always be part of my life and I feel more optimistic than ever about the future of SIE. I want to thank Yoshida-san for placing so much trust in me and being an incredibly sensitive and supportive leader. Sony Group Corporation Chairman and CEO Yenchiro Yoshida added, Jim has been an inspirational leader throughout his entire period with us, but never more than overseeing the launch of PlayStation 5 in the midst of the global COVID pandemic. That extraordinary achievement made by the entire SIE team has been steadily built on and PlayStation 5 is on track to become SIE's most successful console yet. I'm immensely grateful to Jim for all his achievements. Respecting Jim's decision to finish his long career at Sony leaves me with an important decision regarding the succession, given the significance of the game and network services business. We have discussed intensely and have determined a new management structure. We aim to have Sony Group's further evolution and growth through bringing even greater success to the games and network service business. Um, the one thing from that statement was is that Yoshida, obviously, who's CEO of, of the entire Sony group, his admiration for what Jim has done, you, 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 those words aren't bullshit, you know, um, calling him inspirational, um, and call him incredible and, and things, you know, it's just, he thinks a lot of him. And I think the success that PlayStation's had in the last five years is probably quite reflective of that, I would say. Um, I must admit, I was surprised at the news, surprised at the timing. But when you look at it, when you when you look at it, that'll be five years. He's done most most uh, PlayStation CEOs. They do five years. I'm assuming it's a five year contract. Um, he did an interview last year, Jim Ryan did, and he spoke about spending two weeks in America, then a week in Europe, and then a week in Japan. Roll every four weeks. Roll in four weeks. Doesn't matter if you're staying in beautiful hotels and apartments and flying first class and all that, that's fucking tough. Yeah, definitely. That's tough. Um yeah. That, that takes its I toll it. and and he was and he did it for five years. I mean, uh fair play if that's the that that's what's going on. And I think make a good point. You know, the time that he was there was a, a tremendous has been a tremendous period for PlayStation. They they cemented their position on top delivering huge games yep. delivered a new console and have just gone from strength to strength to the, there so you cannot argue with the uh, the business uh side of of jim ryan's kind of legacy there yeah um bmg how, how are you feeling are you okay he's Go my ahead. hero <laughs> He's my hero, is Jim. You know, he's he, he single-handedly saved gaming, you know, pandemic hit, and that was it. Gaming could have been over, but Jim Ryan swooped in, brought us this an amazing console, beautiful-looking, amazing-looking console with amazing games. He's, uh, he's my hero. He really is. 
That's so that, that's, that was strong. I thought Animal Crossing saved gaming, and the PlayStation Five is fucking ugly, in my opinion. So you take that back, Ben. You take that back. Yeah, yeah. No one's great no one's console, gonna, but no one's going to break into my house. Take that back. Yeah, no one's going to break into my house and steal it. It's too heavy. We couldn't carry it. It's too heavy. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. So yeah. they they had that in mind. They've nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. oh, he's. he's He's, he's not a gamer. We can't, no one's pretending he's a gamer. You know, I did like how he taught me how to hold a DualShock 4. You know, taught me <laughs> how to hold it. picture still haunts him to this day, doesn't <laughs> it? It does, yeah. And the yeah. worst thing is, is that you know fine that was the photographer saying, just hold it like this so that your hands aren't in the way. You know, mm. he, that, he was just doing told. what he was told. And he's meaned ever since. The poor fucker. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I, yeah, when you go. I was going to say he's, he's made made a few, few missteps. You know, obviously the whole we believe in generations that went out the window rather quickly. Um, the uh, you know all the update upgrades for the games were free. That went out the window quickly. Um, so obviously he's, there's mistakes are made along the way. But he's a businessman. He know how to make money. He's PlayStation still on top. You know, he's leaving with PlayStation still on top of the mountain. Yeah. It's, they've, yeah, the games are getting more and more expensive, but some of the acquisitions they've made have made sense. Um, like Nixis, for example, yep. perfect team for the PC porting. Um, Bungie, perfect team for your live service, because obviously they've got all, a lot of that structure there. Probably not best let them go around all your studios telling everyone the games are crap and they cancel them, but. Listen, that, that's, that's business though that is, yeah. that is business yeah. Um, yeah. coming back to what you said obviously you said he, he's, he's not a gamer that's see one of the there's, there's a lot of things that said about Jim Ryan and has been said before this retirement it just fucked me off and mm. one of them is, is it is very clear that the wide public have no idea what a CEO does or what a CEO even is and your CEO not being a gamer doesn't matter a fuck and do you know the one thing I'll say is, Phil Spencer's a gamer, look at him. And I'm going to say it, I'll be the one to say it, but how's that working out? How's that going? Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a, I'm that's, sorry. That's a bit of a leap to causality there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah he's right, he's pop on, he's pop on. But it's used as an argument. It's used as an argument. you've just used it as an argument, yeah. Yeah, of course I have. That's, 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 that's facts narrative, isn't it? That's how it works. <laughs> But no, the, the end of the day, your CEO doesn't need to be a fucking gamer. The guy, you know, the, the, the CEO of my company has never fucking fitted a roof tile or, or laid a bit of felt in his life and he's CEO, you know. it's mm, He doesn't have yep. to be a gamer. He's there to be a businessman. He's there to lead and lead teams of people. Um, and he's done that tremendously well. Um, like Ben, you pointed out, PlayStation is so on top that it's that it's frightening. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's so it's, it, it makes sense for him to be leaving now. Like, hmm. it does It does make sense. Potentially when he leaves. So he's leaving, obviously, end of March, April, which was the end of the Sony financial year, end of his fifth year, you know, bonus time, whatever. And, you know, he set this legacy target that he wants to sell 25 million units this year, um, which is huge, huge target. You imagine you walk out that door on your last day and you've nailed that 25 million. That's that going out on that high. You won't go out on a high like that again. 
Because <clears throat> yes. obviously we're at that we're at that turning point now. The end of the end of the next financial year, that twenty five million. That's when the graph starts to come down, doesn't it? That's mm-hmm. the, the, the sixty yeah. five million year four is your peak point. After that, it's down. And hopefully it's a slow drop and not a cliff, but that's also how it, it works. Um, it's tough. It's going to be tough for whoever succeeds permanently. Um, and I think it's probably good to have an interim. They need to have time for the, the new CEO to come in prior to the PlayStation 6 and to kind of shape how that's going to look. Yes. But with Xbox possibly making some kind of push of growth um, and with the Switch 2 coming out, Yes, okay, you could argue that not direct market, but you know, it's all it's all competing for people's wallets. Um it's okay. it's a tough a tough old knock for someone to come in off the success and you've just pointed out like coming in at the peak. Uh it will it will start to diminish going forward. So, um especially cuz PlayStation still kind of thinking where are the big games coming post uh, Spider-Man etc. like I yep. still not not really got a handle on that um so yeah i think it might be a tough knock for the next person coming in yeah i mean communication obviously is one of the biggest criticisms you hear of playstation these days and it's not one that that i personally agree with just because i get the argument that we don't know what games are coming out but see in this moment you don't need to in the here and now you don't you don't you don't you don't need to know what games are coming out in this immediate vicinity, even the next, you know, we know, we know, we know the next six months and that's fine. Um, I think people use the fact, oh, look at X, what we know that we know the games are all coming. Look at all this, you know, I've and blah, blah, blah. You've been well, hearing about those games for five years. Yeah. They haven't got much. I mean, people bang on about Xbox with these huge games going out and they haven't actually got, it's not yeah, huge. But it's been five years been hearing about those same games. Yeah. Year after year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Year after year rolling over. And see, the thing is, is that, you know, it, you know, obviously Xbox, they've got Game Pass subsells. So they need to tell you about all these games that are coming to kind of keep you invested. I get that. But I don't think either strategy is right or wrong. It's one person's opinion, but it's right for their business. The one thing that I would like to see from the next CEO, I don't care if there's more communication what I'd like to see is a bit more pizzazz or maybe a bit more personality, would that be the word? Like Yeah. If yeah. you know, you think about like like PlayStation showcases, I, I always think they're they're either decent or, or state of plays, they're always good in that they tell you it gives you what you want, right? You want to see a bit of gameplay, a bit of this, and it's all very regimental, very I suppose official. And it, it does what it says in the tin, I guess, right? It's crap, yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah. But I then think back to the Summer Games Fest and I think back to that Starfield showcase and how fucking unbelievable that was. Mm. The way they showcased different parts of the game, the way they got different people in from different areas of development and sport, even just regular Joe, you know, wasn't all Sarah Bonds and all that and, you know, and, and um, Phil Spencer. Regular people who work on this area talking about their favourite bit of the game and what they did. I thought, that is how you show your game. That's so much, there was so much personality and heart in that presentation yeah there was, i would like yeah. to see something very very similar going forward you know things like that just just that personality i don't I, i'm not interested in this whole notion of having a ceo as a personality personally i i, I think the way i yeah, think the way yeah, they do things point. the greens i don't agree with seeing phil spencer interacting on twitter with some of these fucking trolls like are you having a laugh yeah it's like, not that, it, than that shit i I think there's two approaches there. You've got the kind of Xbox approach where they've got their big heavy hitters who are now 
who are quite present in the public eye and yeah. it's a communication with their audience and they probably need that approach because they haven't had fucking games like yeah. you need to have someone who's always out there you need to have your phil spencers and your sarah bonds and people like that i like the approach of someone coming in hiroki totoki even at the moment who is a businessman he is mm-hmm. a businessman he's that's exactly cfo coo you know kid, kids 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 a fucking boss but he's a businessman and if he but it doesn't mean that you can't recognize there needs to be personality and therefore you put people in position below you that will deliver that 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 ethos and everything and, yes. and put that out to the market. I think that would be great because PlayStation at the moment, they do they have the like the soulless kind of vibe compared to the other people with consoles. I think mm-hmm. there's there's less personality, there's less soul. It is quite regimented. It's very professional, but they haven't nailed like all of their their Sony show not showcase the state of plays or whatever. They're bad. It's they they need to be better. A whole revamp on that stuff and injecting some personalities. I think exactly what they need. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, like PlayStation, the, you know, back in like the PS4 era, you know, you had like Sean Layden, your Jack Trent, and your, um, Yoshida, what's his name? Shu Yoshida? Shu Yoshida, yeah. Shu, that's it, yeah, you know, and so they had, they had a bit of personality then, but obviously not a great deal. So it's always kind of bigger figure with PlayStation. It's, They've always sort of been more of a silent type till they're ready to talk about it. Whereas Xbox has been more out there, more public facing, you know, all over like social media and things, meeting, meeting fans. And PlayStation have never really done that. It's because it, it's almost like that traditional Japanese company that mm. it's don't say anything. Let's just, we say things, announce things and be done with it, show it off, let everything, let the games and that speak for themselves. Um, but like, I think if Xbox were on top of the mountain, I don't think you would have as much communication and personality as you do now. That's a good point because they wouldn't need to. They're not fighting yeah. to be in that line. Not so much limelight, but being the news. You know, Phil Spencer tweets some anything or shows the back of his shelf off or saying, "Oh, we're we're going here to show this game." We're having a fan fest. It's all then news for Xbox, but. I don't think you would have that if they were in the same position Sony's in. I think you'd have Sony then pushing more for that more of a personality, um, which Herman Holst, I think at the moment that's as close as you've sort of got because he's obviously head of PlayStation Studios. Yeah, and to be fair, he has a personality Mm. as well. You know, Mm. he's obviously choosing not to not to interact with that side. Maybe that's because he's been instructed not to. Maybe just maybe he's just not interested in in being. A sort of media face. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't want it. We're just assuming that oh, just because one side does it, you know, you, you've made you you pointed out two names, Sean Layden and Jack Trenton. Obviously, you know, they were in charge of of Sony America, and yeah, they were the faces of E three, um, and we've not had that since the sort of the, the sort of restructuring, and then obviously Jim Ryan coming in. But it doesn't mean to say I suppose you need to have it, but. I just think, you know, at times it probably would be nice, I guess, to see that little bit more of that kind of personal touch. But I don't know if we'll get it. Because remember, at the end of the day, Jim Ryan was was a marketing background. That's what he did. You know, it's not as if if marketing decisions would start and end with him, of course. But 
I don't think much is going to change just because Jim Ryan's left. Suddenly there's going to be this outpouring of, here's information, here's this, here's these people. We're, no. gonna, you know, we, we're going to go on Twitter and interact with all the Twitter trolls, you know, and come and have dinner with us. N- no. I think no. I think people are I think people have got I am um, a pretty skewed idea of what's going to happen especially when you're installing somebody on the interim uh and that is could be for a prolonged period um who has been involved in the running at the top table like things yes. shouldn't it's a smooth transition they're they're not going to make huge changes they're all aware of the strategy they're acting on the strategy there yeah. might be tweaks along the way, but I can't imagine there would be over the next couple of years. That's, you know, they're trying to make it smooth. Yeah, yeah. And PMJ, you mentioned live service. And again, one of the one of the common 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 complaints that we've that we've seen over the last six months, a year, even before this news again was, you know, PlayStation's moving to live service. And, and again, it's one of these things that's always annoyed me. And I mentioned about people have no idea what CEOs do. And it's always like, oh, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan decided to invest in live service. And I think people think that, that Jim Ryan woke up in the middle of the night once and he, and, he, and he nudged Mrs. Ryan and he was like, Jane, Jane, wake up. I've had a great idea. And he's like, <laughs> Jane, I think we should double our investment and we should put all of our money into live service and it's my decision that's no right no okay this decision to invest in live service would have been made with the marketing team with the finance directors probably i imagine they probably got third uh probably third party outsourcing from like the mpd or sarkhan they're called now probably got mountains of data from them around player oh, spends yeah. habits times Jim Ryan didn't make this decision themselves. That's not how the corporate world works. You get all the data from all the departments and you make the decision. Yes, he signs it off, but it's not his. He hasn't just woken up and decided to do this. This would have been like a five-month strategy project, you know, <laughs> like and, 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 and longer potentially. Come up yeah. with something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you are literally doubling your gaming budget. That's the thing to remember here. Is again, people say, "Oh, but I prefer my single players." You're still going to get that. They are doubling the investment in games. Yep. That decision doesn't get made on a fucking post-it note. That gets that probably gets signed off by Hiroki Totoki himself. Probably signs that mm. off. You know <laughs> that level of investment. Um, I, I mean, are you BMG? Are you bored about the live service thing? Does that is it something that's even if you're not a fan of the games? Um, yeah, it's it's one of them. Like with with PlayStation, I've always been. I like my single player big action story driven games that's they're the games i like from playstation and like the semi and, and open world games i'm yeah live service is never something i'm really bothered with that i want you know i i, I, I like it in destiny because destiny is constantly ongoing and what have you and you're playing with friends and that but playstation's mainly where i play single player games and i'd rather they be more still there than branching out to live service. I understand why they're doing it because it's all about making more money and you're going to make more money with a live service game than you are with just selling yes. a game once and then waiting two years later for the remake. You know, it's, I'll put it all the PC port. It's, it's, I'd, ra- I'd rather they didn't. I'd rather they stay away from it, stay the course they have been, but that's not how business works and they've got to look at more and more ways to 
extract more money out of a of an IP and you know it's like God of War you've got it you play it you complete it that's it if they bring out a DLC you buy the DLC you're done so it's like a one time thing and that's it whereas Xbox and you know and other other companies and that it's they have these live service games that are making a lot of money and they keep on going and going and going and they can just keep adding more to them and can't yeah. can't blame PlayStation for wanting a piece of that pie but I honestly don't think it's a good direction for them and and I, what they're doing was it 10, 10 live service yeah, games t- it's between ten and twelve but. <laughs> I was going to say there, but you're, but that's the point. You, you know, you're saying, oh, you'd be fair if you still got your single player. You're still going to get all those. Nothing's mm. going to change for you as someone who doesn't care about live service. You're still going to get, in theory, no interruption. But you know, that you you can't say obviously. But you're still going to get everything you got before. Yeah. There's no. There's there shouldn't be any impact to your single players because the investment's still the same. Most of your live service are actually new companies or the third part or or second party companies. And the ones internally, the studios and employees have grown that much that they're they're taking they're taking the brunt, if that makes sense. Like yeah, Insomniac yeah. are rumored to be making uh, a multiplayer game. Well, in twenty twenty one, they had four hundred employees. They've now got five hundred and twenty. You know, Naughty Dog went from three hundred to four hundred and fifty in the last two years. Santa Monica have gone from two hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty, almost doubling their employee number. So the investment in the people are there. It's not as if they're given it's not as if the, the employee numbers were the same and they're now doing two games or splitting their time between two games. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um that's gonna that, that's always been my argument about the live service thing is that it shouldn't impact anything single player wise. You're still gonna get the games you love, you're still gonna get another God of War, you know? Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Where's my Uncharted Five? Give me Uncharted Five. I need another Nathan Drake adventure. Well, That's you're probably going to get Cassie Drake, not Nathan Drake. No, she'll be in it. She'll get kidnapped, and he'll have to go on another adventure. To... <laughs> That's a good. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be old man Nate with a cane running around. You know, he's not. He's not that old. <laughs> Assassinating it's... people, eh, Ben? If mm, if, yeah. if Harrison Ford in his eighties can still run around with his hat and whip and fly around about everywhere, Nathan Drake can do it. <laughs> I think on the live service thing, I'm probably one of the few people that I like this approach. If it doesn't interfere with this, I love the single player games that Sony produce. That's that's generally that's kind of what a lot of people are after, and that's what they're used to. Um, but if Sony could start producing some of these live service games that were of similar quality to their first part to their first party single player games, but just in the multiplayer live service realm, then we could really be onto something. And all we need is one to be a hit. Like I am constantly looking for a forever game. I I, I like the single player experiences and and what have you, and I'll play them, but. I really want a live service game of significant quality to hit all the notes yep. and that's come out and and I would back Sony to develop one of those if they're putting a lot of money into that. Yeah. I really thought it was gonna be Diablo Four and then Same. you know, they they, they they royally fucked that up, man. They yeah. they had me on a hook and I was in Yes, yeah, yeah. But we're looking for one of those that has that 
I mean, Diablo 4 might also turn into that, like it's, you know, it's an ongoing long-term project, but I trust Sony Studios more than any other studios, really, um, to deliver high-quality games. And if you put that in that live service realm, if they can work out how to do it, and that's the big question, if they can work out how to do it, then, then I'm all in. Obviously, I think we've all said that, you know, even if there's 10 games, you expect seven to flop yeah um, that's that's the risk reward with live servers it only takes one it only takes one to become the next Fortnite, doesn't it or the next war zone um, yes they can't the all next... be successful because it cannibalizes the market yeah <laughs> like... most of them and most of them won't be and they know that i think they're going they're certainly going for the scatter gun scatter gun approach but they've got the money to do it they've got the money to to invest in it and and they are, you know, and like I said, you know, they've they've obviously went and bought Haven, who are making fair games, Firewalk, who are making that Concord. They did they did invest in Deviation, but that got cancelled. Um, obviously, what they saw obviously wasn't good enough. Obviously, buying Bungie, who are doing Marathon, albeit mm. technically, I suppose that probably is counting as their live service games. But that obviously, you know, Bungie will still be separate. But I'm guessing they're, they're including that in there. But aye, listen, there's there's a lot there that ironically. You know, Jim Jim Ryan's legacy is the PlayStation Five and 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 the sales numbers that he's done and the, the, obviously the revenue he's made for Sony and the commercial was well, the commercial success. I don't think there's anything to worry about with PlayStation. To be fair, I think they're on a. I, I think the the pedestal is there. It just needs obviously someone to um to steer the ship into the next generation now, I think, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be someone internal. I don't think they're going to get someone external. I wouldn't have thought, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, get Sean Layden, get Sean Layden. Sean Layden's on a good number um, at Tencent. He's probably not interested in coming back for that responsibility, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, he did the job in America. He's never done the CEO job for the big job, but I, I think it'll be someone internal. You've got a couple of big hitters there. Um that are probably going to take the helm. But what do you think? Do you think they, do you think they would stick internal? Do you think they would bring anyone external in that role? It it would appear that previously they have looked internally. Yeah, and it makes if, sense. If it depends how much they want to, they feel like they may have to shake things up, take things in a new direction, and possibly in a with a view to fewer hardware sales and moving into a different future which this new leader may have to prepare for the next leader to take them in that direction um they may look externally for that if if they if they have ideas of where they think the industry is going to go but if they don't and it's more of the same and they just want somebody to enact the strategy they've already put in or they've already started on then internally is probably the way they're going to go the the thing that makes me question the internal thing is is that obviously he's obviously handed in his notice of retiring so the six month thing makes sense because if they were going external any ceo would have to give six months notice minimum yes so if it was external that explains the notice period and why hiroki totoki obviously is 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 doing it you know on an interim basis but if it was someone internal you would think they would already have Sided that person, but well, they uh, well they not. they've taken like Hiroki Totoki's taking over like now, like that transition is happening right now. Jim Ryan's sticking around, but he's 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 probably going to be more of a consultant transitional role until until then. So I don't know how much can be read into it. I think they probably have been planning this for a long time, 
Um, and they, yeah, they probably know exactly what they're what they're doing. Yeah. Oh God, I yeah. Certainly more than three guys sitting in a fucking microphone chatting yeah. shit for two hours. You know? Exactly. <laughs> There's only one man, one man, who PlayStation need to lead him into the future, and that man is Don Matrick. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be internal. They they always seem to go internal, and yeah. I think they're probably it's going to be more of a business type than a personality, just for the fact that the way how well it's worked for him so far. If it's not broke, why fix it? Yeah, the the obvious choice is a guy called Eric Lempel, who is the current. Uh, senior vice president of global market and he's been he's been with Sony for 24 years he's a guy that's been sort of getting on people like LeBron James and that on board just now with marketing and stuff anyway um, you know people who are head of marketing naturally go on to that CEO role Jim Ryan did that himself so I think that he's probably like the natural choice you would think um especially if they're kind of going around you know it's people who are getting involved with LeBron James and stuff that's going down a certain market and a, and a certain ideology isn't it and yeah it probably taking them in that next generation, like you said, Ben, about in that sort of live service generation and cloud generation. Yes, yeah, cloud and looking into the future. Yes, indeed, indeed. BMG, do you have um, any last words? You can, if, if you want to recite your poem, by all means, you can. Oh, no, 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 the because um, I can't use my phones. <laughs> I, so I, I thought you'd have it memorized. No, well, I, I did about three weeks ago, but I've drunk a lot of beer since then, so oh, it's, okay. it's got out of my head. But no, cool. it's um, not many people liked him. I did. Uh, I got a lot of flack for it, but I like Jim Ryan. I do. I'm going to miss Jim Ryan, and I can't wait for my candle to turn up. Have you actually got a candle coming? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just thought it was a, I just thought that was a bit you were doing. <laughs> right. No, no. No, no, <laughs> You've no. You've ordered no. a Jim Ryan candle. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this. <laughs> Fucking yeah, brilliant. No. Too, too right. And um, I've got a picture. I just need to get a frame so I can frame it so I can replace it on the bedside table. Get rid, <laughs> oh, get rid of the wise one and put God. that on there. Love it. Yeah. I need I need to get a pillar as well because I don't know if if I've told this story before if you heard it but I got my wife a unique um, I think anniversary present and I literally got my face put on a pillow pulling this weird face I'll have to take a picture and I'll I'll, I'll send it here but um, she hates it absolutely hates it but I'm gonna get a Jim Ryan one <laughs> Jim Ryan face pillow <laughs> oh man I love it so much. You can go this between me sick. and the wife on the night time. Nice. Nice. That's <laughs> always watch head. over me. <laughs> it's sick in the head, but I love it. I love I you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> on that happy note, that's the show. We are done. Um, let's get the fuck out of here. Gentlemen, thank you very much as usual. Uh, ben, sign us off for your socials first, mate, and then I can um, I can let you go. Yes, uh Grumpy Gamers Podcast. That's what we do every week. New episode every Wednesday. Um, it's all right. So check it out. It's very uh, good. It's, it's not all right. It's very good. And it's you can get us on Twitter uh, or yeah. X or whatever. At Grumpy Gamers Pod. But yeah, thank you very much for having me on again, Donny. No problem, mate. You're you're always, always welcome. And I'm I'm joining you not you are next week. Two week after next, yeah. Yes, week after next, yes, because I'm job. away down south to 
Englandshire again next week. So, lovely job, lovely job. And DMG, take it away, mate. Uh, yeah. So I'm. Uh, you can find me over at the XPN Network. We are live eight p.m. BST for the rest of this month. We'll go back to GMT uh, <laughs> over on the XPN Network YouTube channel with myself. I'm a Ghostbuster Ash and SSG Sentinel. Uh, you can find me on Twitter slash X at Bowman Gamer, PlayStation Bowman Gamer eighty six, and Xbox Bowman Gamer. Excellent, excellent. And on that happy note, we can sign off too. Thank you everyone for listening. This is Pure Dead PlayStation. This comes every fortnight. As usual, the main PlayStation, main PlayStation, sorry, main Pure Dead Gaming podcast hits you every Thursday. It used to be three o'clock. It's now about nine in the morning, which is a great time. Every Thursday, you get the regular podcast and just announced, I don't know if, if, well, no, it is public now. There's also a Pure Dead Xbox podcast starting soon as well funnily enough it won't be yours truly hosting who would have guessed (laughs) mind you if you're listening to this podcast you're probably not fucking interested in it anyway so um thank you all and goodbye